Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who thought they were done watching cooked turkeys on Thursday. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> oh, wow. A jive turkey reference. Yes, uh, this is Chuck Siders. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And you can find Dave's cultural references in the 1970s. <laughs> and my name's Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And uh, this is one of those turkeys that probably got killed with rat poisoning before they put it in the oven. Uh, am, am I my comparison of the Eagles to being cooked turkeys is a jive reference? I, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a jive reference, but to call someone a turkey as an insult, like I really <laughs> just associate that with like jive turkey. Like you don't hear it much. You don't hear it like in scrums in the football. You don't hear, you know, oh, they're battling at the, at the offensive line. Like get out of my way, you turkey. Like, no, you don't hear it. Like I can't remember the last time I've heard that in, you know, the, the heat of battle. Sure. You guys have a nice Thanksgiving. I I did, I did. Uh, Thanksgiving is a wonderful holiday that involves watching football, um, especially when it's not your team's playing uh, sure. and the Cowboys lose. So yes. Well, you, this whole week, you know, Joel Embiid's zero point game. We're going to talk about that later. Excluded. Um, has just been a wonderful week, you know. Just to, just as a as an overview, we had what four Flyers games this week. Mm-hmm. Four all games. wins. Yep. Um, since that, since that Embiid donut, we've had three Sixers games. They've all been wins. the The Cowboys lost for us on Thanksgiving, and we get served a cupcake this week in the Miami Dolphins. A game that everything was set up for the Eagles to win. The it's basically like you had home field advantage down there. Man, the crowd from the was, sound of the crowd. The crowd was so pro Eagles today. It was impossible to tell when anything happened. Just if you were out of the room and you heard just the crowd noise, you had no idea whether it was a good thing for the Eagles or for the Dolphins. It was almost indiscriminate. You have a fourteen point lead in the third quarter. Yeah, that that 14 point lead that was like fool's gold, man. Because I was thinking about that Red Wings game. Um you know, the the Flyers you know, were supposed to beat up on the Red Wings or hopefully would eventually did, but it was close to begin with. When the Eagles pulled out to a, you know, was 28-14 lead, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, good. All right, this is finally the game that I wanted to see happen and um you know, truth be told, I did not watch this game today live. I only saw highlights. I was taking my kids to see Santa. Uh, no one asked for a win over the Dolphins. We didn't think it was necessary. So this loss is on us. Mm, but when point. it was <laughs> when it was 28-14, you know, changing I... my penalty box entry <laughs> now. Okay. When it was 28-14, I, I stopped checking on the score. I was like, okay, we'll be fine. This is finally where we needed to be. And lo and behold, was I wrong? 
You're playing the 30th ranked run defense in the NFL. Um, and the, and the, and the Eagles lost, they lost to the Miami dolphins. And as far as I'm concerned, the season is over. There's no real point to this thing anymore. If you cannot beat the dolphins in a game, that's not like, it's not like you have a three game lead in your division and you're just whatevering it through you needed this game you need it's part of a tiebreaker scenario you need it to pull even to first place it's the golden opportunity you're obviously in a position where you can take absolutely nothing for granted so you you know you got their best punch like the eagles i'm talking about gave it their best punch they weren't I can't believe that they overlooked the team or didn't prepare or weren't mentally focused or weren't ex- or you know didn't get up for the game. I, I as you, you know when you looked at it on the schedule, you're like, oh, well, would you even be able to get excited to to play this game? But it's a game for first place. What what are you doing? Yeah, they're they're they couldn't overlook this one because they were not good enough to. You know, like I said, Dave, it's a, a game for first place. They knew their fate was in their hands if they won out. And there was no wiggle room. You know, you had to win this game, especially with the other, you know, two and nine teams are, we're facing. You know, the Redskins who fought us hard and have gotten better uh, at points during this season. And then the Giants twice. You know, it's hard to defeat a defeat a defeat. Uh, it's hard to defeat Again. a division rival twice in a, a season. So it's not like the other games were gimmies. And just to cough it up, yeah, the season's done. The season's done. The division was ours for the taking, and we couldn't do the easy part. The only reason that this isn't a eulogy is because there are still scenarios that that find us into the playoffs. But as far as I am concerned, I owe this Philadelphia Eagles team nothing. Thank you for the Super Bowl two years ago, but you have fittered away all of that goodwill from me. As far as I'm concerned, you no longer get any excuses. You no longer get any benefits of doubts. You no longer have anyone's job safe in my mind because of the Super Bowl. All of this is inexcusable shit brought on by your own arrogance slash ignorance. And I, for one, am absolutely sick of it. It makes this team very difficult to root for and just as difficult to watch. Your thoughts. Well, what I'll what I'll add to that is more than anything, I am horribly disappointed i went into this season saying this was the year when the plan was laid out we were looking at year three or year you know this this kind of like this was the one you circled on the calendar uh of, of the doug peterson plan when we were actually supposed to be hitting our peak um thank god we did win the super bowl when we did we we didn't uh somehow backpedal or or, or end up falling off somehow we we squeezed every ounce of magic out of that stone that we had found ourselves uh connected to um because 
it seems to me that every bet that they thought was going to pay off long term as far as this season is concerned completely failed. Uh, and and it, they just need to look across the street at the Phillies to realize some of the mistakes are their own. The Phillies ended up completely collapsing because they overpaid older players as a sort of like, thank you for br- be bringing us this championship. And we have guys on this team who probably can perform in spurts, but we're not equipped to handle a 16-game season. And we needed to be investing in younger players. I was thrilled that we have Deshaun Jackson back. He was great for one half of football this year. But if you really believe that that was the answer, that you had to get a a, a wide receiver that was going to spread the field, you needed to get somebody who was going to be able to stay on the field. And there's a lot of evidence since Deshaun Jackson has left left the Eagles that he wasn't that guy. Uh, Why are we still trying to uh, prop up the corpse of Jason Peters? Uh, Yes, he can be effective in moments, but honest to God, like, why are we not investing? Why isn't Andre Dillard, why wasn't he taking every single snap, uh, snap at left tackle from the beginning of this year? We should be investing the money we are paying in Jason Peters in other places. Why did Darren Sproles come back? Did he have a good game, a good play this year that couldn't have been done by Boston Scott? Uh, You know, why are we investing all of this money in these players that, you know, out of gratitude? The NFL should not be a business of, uh, you know, you get you get paid for past performance. You should be getting paid for what's coming along uh, along the road. And unfortunately, the biggest bet of them all is we have now locked ourselves, hitched our wagon to Carson Wentz. And even in in this game today, this was absolutely the game where he had to show up. All of the teams that are going to be contending for the title this year, uh, Kansas City, Seattle, New Orleans, uh, New England, Baltimore, all of these teams have one thing in common. They have a quarterback who makes good decisions and protects the ball. That is not Carson Wentz, and he didn't do it today. And that's who we've hitched our wagon to. I want to say something about Carson Wentz, and and I want to say something about Twitter and Philadelphia fans. Look, you watch the games. You you are allowed to to say Carson Wentz is struggling right now. You're allowed to say he's got problems holding on to the ball too long. You, 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 you're allowed to say he's, he's fumble prone. You're allowed to say he's missing targets. His form looks terrible. You're allowed to say these things and still think that Carson Wentz is the long-term solution as the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sick of this. Like it's basically politics, brought into the Philadelphia Eagles like where uh, if you critique Carson nah get get it you're not a real fan don't come back when he's playing well no that's ridiculous like what you're supposed to have blind faith it's like uh it's 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 like believing in Santa Claus you're supposed to 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 just just a, I, I don't even know it. I, I, I'm so I'm in such a, like a state of frustration right now with this. You're just supposed to blindly love Carson Wentz no matter what he does because he's going to be the solution. Yeah, there's we have to look at everything with a critical eye here, and you it doesn't make sense to say that you can't go. Yeah, Carson has to be better, and I'm concerned while still going. I'm concerned, but I have. 
you know, if I had to put money on it, I bet that he's going to come back and be a capable franchise quarterback. You know, you're allowed to have that opinion, but yeah, no one in the show is saying we got to move on from Carson or, you know, bring in Sudfeld. Let's well, actually, someone on the show is saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> but not in all seriousness. Like no one's saying like Sudfeld should be the guy. Right. We all believe Carson Wentz should be the starting quarterback for the Eagles. Yeah. Even over Nick Foles, who looked like uh, a bag of turds today. Very eloquent. Yes, I. Uh, <laughs> Nick Foles has a, a certain kind of magic, and you know when we were talking about, you know, th- this team has lost, you know, has spent all that goodwill from the Super Bowl. I think the only person who could be immune from that would be Nick Foles. Now he's gone, so we we don't need to worry about that, but. No, Carson's the guy. And and people have bad years. And you know, this can just be part of his development, but right now he's having a bad year. Right now he's coming up small. And you know, Doug Peterson, you know, we loved his gunslinger ways, his, you know, gambling Doug and all those great things, but uh it, it's like all the worst qualities of Andy Reid come back to haunt us. Well, he's better with the clock, but you have to look at Andy Reid. And with every Andy Reid, sorry, you have to look at uh, Peterson. And with everything Gene said about the makeup of this team, you have to look up at look at Howie Roseman. Nobody's immune. Honeymoon's over. You know, you got that last year with hey, you won the Super Bowl, but now. These guys don't deserve, I don't want to say don't deserve our loyalty, but they don't deserve blind faith. They don't deserve, you know, immunity from being booed to being criticized. There's plenty to criticize here, and this game was a colossal failure. It was a colossal failure that, that you know, effectively cost us the season. And to me, I'm really putting a lot of the focus of my ire on the coaching staff. I cannot get over just the absolute lack of stress on like fundamentals and just like basically making the right decision at times. It's just not there. You know, I equate it to baseball. It's like you have a runner on first. You're just trying to like move. The runner is your primary concern. You know, stop that. You don't try to be the hero. With every at bat, you you know you can't get four runs with one swing, like that kind of stuff. Uh, you see it all. Like think about think about the like the drive in the first quarter where it was a fourth and two, and Doug wanted to go for it, and they actually would have converted it, except there was a dumb penalty, and that happened throughout the game that we just constantly shot ourselves in the foot with just ridiculous penalties that just didn't need to happen. And it's not or, even that it was youth. That penalty was on Jason Peters. Oh uh, yeah. Was, he's was, good for one a game story. too. Yeah. And, and, but that's the, that's exactly my point. Like if, if we were a rebuilding team who was starting a whole lot of guys right out of college and we were looking for upside on a, a team that's ready to, to, you know, kind of look towards the future, but th- that that's not this team. This was a team that was when we were going through preseason, we were, we came out of preseason believing that we were not just the class of the NFC East, but we had conversations where we were talking about, uh, you know, 
do we get 12 wins? Do we get 13 wins? How, how, what's the easiest way to get home field advantage through the playoffs? That was our primary concern. We we didn't think that this game against Miami was going to be anything other than, uh, you know, a, a formality. It, it, we already had it locked down as a W since since July. I mean, you're a ten point you're a ten point road favorite. I mean that should that should tell you all you need to know right there about what a colossal failure this was on on so many levels. Uh, I just think like Doug, you're you're playing the thirtieth ranked run defense. You passed the ball forty eight times. What's the disconnect here? We say this every week. Yeah. So you're too you're either too arrogant or too stupid to recognize that the game plan needs to fucking change based on your opponent. No team in the NFL is diamond enough to say, we do this, we do it every week. We're so superior than every other team in the NFL. We do what we want. Patriots can't even do that. So, Doug, get off your ass, put together a game plan, tailored for the team you're playing this week and go win football games and and also tailored to the situation i think when they did go up 28 14 did i read that there were only three running plays after that point you know like just it's basics the clock keeps running when you run the football so run it man just just they have a poor run defense. Just eat up the clock. You know, I don't care if you don't score, but eat off like six, seven minutes of playtime by not scoring. You know, you do that twice, and uh, worse, you have a tie game with no time left. I, I don't even know. It's it's beyond frustrating. It. We've been saying the same things for the last three weeks, but this is by far the worst opponent we're saying it about. You know, this is the what new worst loss of the season. And it's the, it's the worst loss of the Doug Peterson era. Probably. Yeah. Without looking at game by game, I'd say I'd say probably. Yeah, they we faced a bad team despite them getting their two wins relatively recently, like three wins. Now we played a bad team and we made them look good. We have a ton of points, a ton of points and uh, just an awful loss. Well, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, how Dallas basically gifted us a chance at this division by losing on Thursday. It's, it's amazing that basically, uh, our coaching staff kind of uh, looked down at Jason Garrett and were like, "Hold my beer. We can show you how to uh, mm. how to really sh- screw with a with a fan base. Watch, watch this. Um, can you imagine like what uh, a guy like Jerry Jones would have thought if if, if Dallas had lost to to the Dolphins earlier in the year? I, he was uh, he was about ready to go down and fire Jason Garrett like I think at halftime on Thursday. It's it, it's fascinating to me that. Of the all of all of this, it had gotten to a point where really the only thing I wanted was to not let Dallas have the division. I, I had come to accept that this is not going to be a Super Bowl caliber team, but I had not accepted that we couldn't win this division. 
and I, I, I sadly, Dallas doesn't have it all locked up now. You know, they, they certainly seem like they're the odds on favorite at this point. But, you know, congratulations, New Orleans or Minnesota is going to go into the da- to the Jerry Dome and kick the snot out of you. How great is that going to be? Uh, but I, I'm struggling now to find what am I watching next week for? Why am I watching an Eagles-Giants game? Why am I going to watch us play the Redskins? Why am I going to watch us play the Giants again? What what do we have left to to look for? Is there anything that you you can possibly take out of this season that's positive? Because I I, I don't have anything right now. Well, you're you're going to watch because you, you we're recording a podcast about it right after the game. Yes, uh, but but you know the, the, the no, same but you're right. Like, what's the bigger injustice? What's the bigger injustice that the Cowboys are letting us hang around in this, or is it a bigger injustice that we're letting the Cowboys win this division? Because neither one of these teams deserves to be in the playoffs deserves to have a home playoff game uh deserves to have to play a first place schedule next season uh it's just an embarrassment i mean honestly it's an embarrassment and to say that this is the nfc east this is the nfc east this is supposed to be the gold standard of football this is supposed to be where the toughest games are played in the nfc east and this is what we're reduced to losing in sunny miami to one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's like an embarrassment. It's like, you know, it, there's no emphasis on success down there. There's no demands for success like there is up here. It's just, it's just, it's so embarrassing. It's so infuriating. And on, on a, on a week that Angelo Cataldi gets a contract extension I believe this is our most negative segment we've ever had on this show. In honor of Angelo Cataldi and his car getting egged at the Flyers game on Friday. <laughs> yes, if you didn't see that, he did post pictures of his car uh, on Twitter that it was egged at the Flyers game. Now, do you think that this was a targeted attack? Like, that's Angelo's car. Let's egg it. Or do you believe this was just sort of like a random act of mischief? I would think it was targeted, but who the hell brings eggs to a Flyers game? Like, mm. you know, so that's just odd, but... It, well, maybe not only that, a... you would have had to have gotten through the gate, so you paid to park, right? Because he's not, he's yeah. not like, just on the street like a, at Broad and Patterson. So you paid 20 bucks to park, and then you were going to go and just egg things? You, did you not have a ticket, or... I think that they must have, whoever did it must have known that Angela was going to be there and is just such a hater that they were like, well, we're going to that game. We'll find his car. And I mean, it's a scary world we live in, I guess, that if you know what Angelo's car looks like. Or, or it just could have been a crime of opportunity. It was a cold day on Friday. Now, if you had happened to you know, pick up groceries before the Flyers game, you could have had you know, your eggs and your milk in the car and they should have been safe. And then just see him pull up and park in some sort of secluded lot, but hmm. no chance this happened in a in the wild. Maybe a uh, a goose flying <laughs> south for the winter just laid a spelled an egg, egg gave birth midair. Yeah, why not? Well, again, they're late. But... They're late. It's getting cold. Like we got to go. We can't stop. <laughs> just drop well, it on the fly. 
Well, 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 Ms. Goose, if you did that, congratulations. Uh, the dude deserves it. I mean, tomorrow is just going to be a shit show on WIP. You know, I mean, we're going to have like, basically a negative septuagenarian screaming at us about people getting fired for, what, at least the next four years? Yeah. Cool. And I heard the whole reason that he's staying on is because Mark Farzetta left WIP and went to the Fanatic. I don't. I mean, do we think Mark Farzetta is the second coming? <laughs> I don't think any anyway. Of, I don't think any of them are the second coming. Anyway, whatever. Okay, so back to the uh, back to the Eagles. Um, we're still control our own destiny, huh? Is that real? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, if we win out, since Dallas lost a game, you know, I, I guess we have the lead, and um, that would give us still the lead with common opponents. So we're back in the exact same place we were last week. Yeah, because we have Green so... Bay and Buffalo and the Jets, and they lost to Green Bay, Buffalo, and the Jets. They have Miami. But I can't think of any other common opponents that they beat that we didn't. Yeah, and um, you know it's all division Vikings. opponents, you know, from here on out. So, well, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, you know, Thursday night is uh, 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 Cowboys Bears. I don't know. We're we gonna get sucked back into this thing. Is there any it, way that this division gets won at like six and ten? <laughs> I mean, what an abomination i guess one of us will be seven and uh, we'll get seven wins because one of us has to win the game that we play against each other but if we both lose out the rest of the way <laughs> it's six, just like nine what and one yeah and you look at like um like the rams you know who probably aren't going to get in or um yeah i mean just some of these other teams with winning records that are just like man it's ridiculous it does seem that there's a lot of like bottom middle teams in the NFL this year. There's there's the Bengals, there's the Jets, and Miami is doing a hell of a lot to try to crawl out of that kind of bucket, you know, the very bottom. But then there's like this whole middle. Like I was watching a lot of games today, and it's a lot of teams that are like five and six or well, five especially and in the seven. AFC. Like they're just a bunch of mediocre to bad teams all over the NFL. And then, like, even the, the 49ers, I do not think that they are uh, going to, you know, the birth of a dynasty over there. They're a solid defense. But, you know, I think there's really four good teams in the NFL, and that's about it. Yeah, if you look over in the AFC, like, five and six, you're in the wild card hunt. Right. That's not really the case in the NFC. But you're a lamb to the slaughter over there if you're five and six. Well, I mean, I don't know. Some of those teams, like, you, you don't think the Patriots are ripe for a, a, a plucking? Oh, I, I definitely think the, the Patriots. I would, the, I put there, there's, two you know, teams Andy Reid's always willing to give someone a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, NFL, NFL, you know, nothing. Yeah, don't bet it. Trust me, don't bet it. <laughs> there's a reason we stopped doing picks on this show. Yeah. <laughs> just made us look like asses more than we did ourselves all right you guys want to talk about something else yes let's talk about the fucking flyers man Woohoo! they're good they are good they're good at tweeting too 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> the moment the Eagles game ends, in case you missed it, here's our record. You know, 35 points, whatever exactly it was. But, I, I mean, it's what you got to do. It's the most points we've had entering into December since 94-95 season. Uh, I think they said 95-96. Okay. Um, so that's pretty damn good. Um, Harder to get a- points back then, though, right? It is, yeah, because um, getting to overtime, you didn't get the gimme point. Right. You know, that started probably around 2000, 2001. I want to say getting to overtime, you got a point. And then after the lockout of uh, 05, that's when the whole you know, shootout came into play. So it was harder to get points, but still there that's, you know, 05 was a long time ago now. So that's, you know, like 95. No, I'm saying 05 with the rule change. Yeah. Um, I miss the old Campbell division. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Campbell was a conference and we were in the Patrick division. (laughs) Um, And in the uh, Prince of Wales conference. Um, but it's the the Flyers are good? Question mark. You know they're a good team, I, and I'm stealing this thought from someone else I saw on Twitter. But I feel like I've spent all year going like, no, they really are good. Look at all the underlying numbers. Look at everything that's happening. They're they're a good team, and now that they are getting a little recognition from it, you know, being third place in the division, at least as of yesterday, I don't know what games were played. Well, today. they were, I think they were in second place, but then they were kind of like ostensibly b- behind the Islanders. Cause the Islanders had like four games in hand. You're right. You're right. That's uh, yeah. Islanders four games in hand. And I think we had a one point. <laughs> yeah, on yeah, them. Yeah. So yeah, the Islanders were clearly above us, but Getting some distance between us and the people who are in the hunt in the wild card race. It's been it's been a hell of a year. It's been a hell of a year so far. Sure. And I like that they're 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 beating bad teams. You mm-hmm. know, senators game notwithstanding. Um, and they're also beating these sort of middle tier teams. So they're kind of carving out a position of Okay, we're not a superpower, um, but we're like upper middle class. That that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's we got a nice four bedroom it. home in the <laughs> suburbs. You know, we're not in a McMansion yet or anything like that, but you know, we're very comfortable. Nice yard. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the year, we pay someone to cut it for us. You know, yeah. other times you cut yeah, it. Yeah, I'll take a twenty to Johnny down the street to to mow it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the exact point we are we don't have a lawn service but we right. pay a kid to do it yeah i like yeah. it <laughs> what uh what do you attribute the what do what do you think is the biggest shift between this year and last year is it just the goaltending um is it just the coaching um <laughs> i both of those are huge factors and also the roster moves too, but yeah. the the goaltending it's a huge factor. Brian Elliott and Carter Hart have both been very good to great. Um, you know, 
Elliot, hopefully, if he keeps this up, you know, if he keeps this up, we can extend him another year, bring him in as Elliot just really good at not being the guy. More or less. Yeah, he's really good. At being a a one B. Sure. He's good in a tandem. He has moments in St. Louis. It was him and I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um, but it was him and this other goalie and Elliot was always supposed to be supplanted by this other guy and never was. Right. And then he went off to the flames, you know, struggled there to start. And the only real injury history he had, uh, was with us. You know, he, he wasn't an injury prone goalie per se. And now he's doing what he does. He's a, he is a very good backup goalie who can take the starting reins uh, when need be. And Carter Hart is is proving to be the the franchise goalie we want him to be. And there's still room for development with Carter. Um, so that's a huge difference maker. The way the team makes use of their players. You know, it, it's a much smarter team. You know, when it comes to, you know, ghosts being scratched for three games and then they put them back in in place of Myers and not Hegg because, you know, Myers is playing a more offensive role and, you know, Hegg has picked up the defensive role. Bring him in for another offensive defenseman player. Works out well. Put back in Myers. You're making... It doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like random chance the lineup decisions. You know, they they split up the number one line to get more defensive more offensive depth. You know, we almost forget now that it was Lindblom, Couturier, and Konechny. You know, we pull Konechny off of that, put Voracek back in. You know, put Voracek there. Voracek has become a factor again. And we brought up, what, Farabee, Frost, Myers. We've brought up some of the young guys. The way Chuck Fletcher's hang, uh, handling the lineup, the the way Elaine Vino's handling the team, it's a huge difference from last year. Um, that center depth with Kevin Hayes, who's putting, you know, some goals in the net now again. It's... It's a team that plays a, a strong game. They're hard to play against. They're harder to play against as the game goes on. Um, and they're really letting the talent on the team shine. And it it's there's a lot of depth there too. There's a lot of depth there too. And right now there's only room for improvement. It's yeah. refreshing yeah. to not be the dumpster fire of the NHL right now. I mean, you can look at Calgary, who just had to fire their coach or their coach just had to resign. I think this is as of like yesterday uh, because of uh, non-ice related, um, well, certainly not performance related issues. Uh, you have uh, the the Devils who I think either yesterday or Saturday or Friday uh, had 18 minutes of penalty time, I believe, power play time, and <laughs> lost a game for nothing. Um, 
So there are yeah. other there, it's it's so refreshing to not be, you know, this time last year I really felt like we were would have been on the list of like truly teams that were on fire and uh I it's refreshing to not not be in that boat. I, yeah. I think I think the 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 Flyers can definitely uh play the why not us team this year. They, they can look they, uh, they can look just as just as recently as last season with the Blues, you know, and and I'm ready to move. I'm ready to move my expectations goalpost with the Flyers, where you know going into the season, you know, playoffs were the expectation. Like, can we get in seven, seven seed, eight seed, whatever? Now, can we get a home playoff series? Uh, yeah. Well, home playoff series with the divisional format means we're your top two in our division. Sure, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a bit tough. It's so really gonna, have to gonna pass come... either Washington or or New York. Yeah, the Islanders, and um, they do still play in New York, right? Well, they're, they they're still the do, New York but Islanders. I was being thorough because okay. we cover all four. Teams. I'm sorry, did anyone think that I was talking about the Rangers? Well, no one that you we were talking. No one on this call thought you were talking <laughs> about the Rangers, but you know, somebody at home who's just like, man, I love Philadelphia for the. Eagles and the Phillies and Sixers. Okay, all right, fair enough. It's a public service that we do, Dave. Look, if you're not four for four, unsubscribe. No, subscribe. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gene puts in the timestamps for a reason, <laughs> and occasionally we're funny. So no, listen to the whole damn thing. Tell your friends, whatever. <laughs> so yes, it's gonna be. I think it'll come down between. Us and the Islanders, I mean, things can change. Things can certainly change. But the way the Flyers are looking now, it's going to come down to us and the Islanders for that second spot in the division. And the Islanders are just damn efficient. But the Flyers are are good. And they can still be better. You know, JVR is on the fourth line. And... You know, not producing as much as he could. If JVR starts, you know, putting more goals in, we'll be better. If Patrick comes back, we'll be better. If Ghost finds his game, we'll be better. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons to believe that the Flyers can continue to be, you know, get get themselves out of the wild card conversation, become okay the Flyers will finish top three in this division. And then from there, it's sky's the limit. You know, I don't think we've seen the best of this Flyers team just yet, where, you know, the the win against the Red Wings, thank God for that. That's how you beat up on a bad team. I think we should have more of those wins against mediocre teams or even good teams who are having a, a bad game. And this coming week, we're going to go up against uh, Toronto, Ottawa. I forget who we're playing in the middle of the week. All of them home games. The and Coyotes. Coyotes. Coyotes going to be the toughest opponent of this week. And tougher than Toronto, huh? Yeah, Toronto, they're, they're finding their game a bit more. And Toronto might be tough because... This will be the third time already we've played them. This I was going to say, it feels season. like we play them a lot for a team that's not in our division. 
Yeah, it's got to be the last time because we went to a shootout twice against them. Yeah, it'd be nice so, to just put them away in regulation. It would be, and I really hope the Flyers are feeling that way too. And it's three games at home. The Flyers have been a great home team this year. You know, beat up on Toronto a little, beat a good Arizona team, and then maybe just you know get your revenge on Ottawa. And it'll be a hell of a thing to look at. And yeah, there there's plenty of reason for optimism. There's plenty of reason to think that this isn't, you know, a fluke. So I think Sam Carcitti wrote an article. I didn't read it, but the headline was Flyers are eager to prove that November's not a fluke. You can have a fluky game. You can have a fluky week. A fluky month is a bit hard. That's you know? for, that's for the Phillies. They, they I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> ask the 2018 Phillies about fluky months. They had a fluky first three months. Here, here's my, my question, Chuck. You have your, your finger on the pulse of the NHL more than I do. Uh, you know, I'm guessing now, you know, after our fluky month, we, we have to be kind of be thinking about being buyers at the trade deadline. So, you know, have you started putting together your shopping list? Have you started to get any sense of what, types of players or what players might be available and is there anybody that you know you're like wow if, if we could put together a package to bring that guy in this could be a real that could really change the tra- you know trajectory of this team um yeah we'd certainly be buyers unfortunately the 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 distinction between buyers and st- sellers um that that gap doesn't start growing until much closer to the trade deadline lately. Um, although the Devils are going to be sellers. They're going to be selling Taylor Hall, you know, and the Flyers are in no position to pick him up. It, it'd be a bad idea for the Flyers to pick up. Uh, he'd be a very costly rental. The only way we should pick him up is if the Devils, you know, help help us out of the contract, but they wouldn't do that. Now, with the overall team depth, I don't think you're going to pick up any sexy names. I think you might pick up... We'd be like the team to pick up a a Wayne Simmons. Not necessarily him, but he is on a a one-year deal. And the the Devils would be sellers. Although, I don't think he's really a fit for the Flyers. Um, And I don't really have... Isn't isn't that like the kind of the one thing that we're missing is... I don't know, like an element of toughness well that's true chris stewart gives us that a little but not very who much is talent that? what's what i said who is that <laughs> who is that <laughs> he is only the uh i think the nhl leader in shootout percentage uh, i think he is uh, over 55 percent of his shootout chances i i don't know the exact stats on that but his shootout percentages are very high too bad he's never on the team when we uh get to the shootout <laughs> okay um he he's a good locker room guy brings a lot of tenacity um if you see him around the team you might just think man that dude's a, a really big chemo team fan because he's wearing 44 um <laughs> but you know simmer is a, a better version of Stewart, although he has not looked great this year, but it wouldn't hurt to to bring in a more talented guy who could be a little tougher because the Flyers are not 
you know, you have Travis Konechny who um, has a mouth on him and is willing to get into shit, but he's not a fighter. You don't really have, we don't even have Gudis anymore. So there really is no guy who goes, eh, don't fuck with the Flyers. Sure. Um, that's just not the game we play anymore. I was going to so, say, you know, following the NHL, and I've made an effort really to to not just follow the Flyers this year. I've really tried to follow the NHL as a whole, watch some uh, West Coast games in the evening and stuff. And uh, honestly, I, I can't – fighting seems almost non-existent right now. Um, it, it seems way more rare to see the, the gloves dropping kind of haymaker throwing – fights you you'll see some people like scrum but you you immediately see whistles go crazy pulling people away uh you don't even see like the five minute for fighting call as much is that just starting to be regulated out of the game or are those types of players just not talented enough to stay on nhl rosters anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, you would think with the amount of expansion that with the way that the rosters are that there'd be more you know more jobs more opportunities for these sorts of players but i mean is is the goon extinct the goon, yes, the goon itself is extinct. Like the goon adjacent player is is on the endangered species list. The fighting has not been regulated out of the game. The game has been designed away from having a fighter on your team. So John Scott, you know, and his you know, elevation to the all-star team and the MVP vote from a few years back, that was the last hurrah for the goon. The goon is out of the game, and let's give them the proper title. The enforcer is out of the game. Nobody's going to waste a roster spot on that anymore. Then you have players who can fight, who are tough, but the younger guys are just grew up in leagues where fighting was heavily discouraged. Oh, these damn millennials. <laughs> well, the younger guys are practically Generation Z. I don't know what yeah, the cutoff yeah. are. The cutoff is. Yeah, millennials but... are like 30 now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's just it's just not worth it. People have crunched the numbers and gone. We would much rather have more skill on this team. And Gene, your point about expansion, you know, we're going to get another team soon, but there are more hockey markets to draw on. You know, it's not just USA, Canada, and, and Russia. You know, we have plenty of players from the Czech Republic. Wait, is that true? From... They're going to expand the league again? Yeah. To Seattle. One more team. Seattle's coming in in 2021. It's not a team relocation. They're going to expand the league one yes. by one. Yes. Well, we're we're kind of we're we're the the are we uneven right the now? The conferences are yeah. uneven, right? Isn't the Western Conference uh, one one heavy? Uh, the Western Conference is one light. Oh, one light. So, oh, I was going to say Western Conference is heavy. So add a team in Seattle. Well, I I, <laughs> I I always forget that we've moved Detroit out of the Western Conference. To me, the Red Wings are are still a Western Conference team. I don't know why. Yeah, the Red Wings and Columbus moved east. Um, they've added Vegas. When uh, Seattle comes in, uh, Phoenix will be moving to the Central Division. They'll probably also be moving to Houston around that time, too. Shh. 
but that's happening. <laughs> that's going to happen. Don't, don't tell our fine friends in Phoenix. Yeah. Well, maybe tell them, you know, get, get in the game while you can. Um, so even with that, we're not really watering down the league. There are enough players to sustain it. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned Russia, the Czech Republic, you know, Sweden, Finland. You have more and more German players coming in, Austrian players, Swiss players. There are uh, French players, you a uh, couple English players, not many, but it's the league and its footprint in Europe is really growing. So we can sustain this and the European game, no fighting in it. So it's it's a talent driven league right now. What outer space themed name will the Houston NHL team have? Uh, probably the Houston Arrows. A E R O. If they can get the rights to it, but that was the WHA team um, that famously. Hosted... I hate it. I hate it. By the way, that they're just that recycling... it's a terrible name. No, I think it's a terrible name. Like All right. Arrows? Arrows, yes. Like Arrows Space? Yes. Yeah, I hate it. Has you don't hate long... it? What is it? It has a long legacy. The Houston Arrows were WHA team uh, that featured Gordy Howe, um, Marty Howe, and um, Jesus Christ, the Howe that played for us, Mark Howe. Um, all three Howls were on the Houston Arrows. They always leave off Harpo Howl. Harpo. <laughs> it sounds like Arrow. Yes. All right, fine. I don't know. The the Houston Challengers. Okay. That's, that's, that seems that's in great. poor taste. I'm not trying to like make you say something that I will like. I'm just trying to convey my displeasure with that potential name. And is Seattle okay. going to re- resurrect the whale? Is it going to be the Seattle Whalers? They are not, as far as we know. Uh, the... That's a mistake. <laughs> well, the they don't own the rights to the Whalers. Uh, well, nobody's using it. Do. Oh, stupid Hurricanes. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Or the NHL does. I, I can't remember. No, my money would be on the Seattle Sockeyes. They're going to be dinner? <sighs> That's terrible. That's something I order off a menu. <laughs> well, yes, they have that fish market and then like sock eye, like, you know, punch salmon. Is that what a sock eye is? Yeah, it's or yeah, it's 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 the big pink salmon. That they I throw think... around like, oh, throw it across the market. Woo. It's like a big tourist <laughs> thing in Seattle. <laughs> they should be the Seattle grunge and they should wear flannel. Oh, my God. <laughs> They had registered Seattle Kraken at one point, which I really hope to see happen, but my money's on the Sockeyes. Okay. Great. I look forward to the logo. I can't wait till they like show up in pink uniforms. <laughs> it's not it's not pink, it's salmon. <laughs> Anything else on the Flyers? Um uh, just no, keep doing what you're doing, boys. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Nolan Patrick is skating. Lord knows where we'll put him when he gets back, but um, 
yeah, a lot of good things to look forward to. Should be another good week here. December, we don't play nearly as many games as we did in November. So, yeah, uh, keep it up, Flyers. Uh, check it out. It's The, the games have been fun. Yeah. No yeah. matter what, the games have always been entertaining to watch. Cool, cool. Uh, Sixers, real quick. Um, so, yeah, I guess, do, do we want to go back to this Raptors game? I think at least briefly for maybe for context. I mean, Joel Embiid has to be one of the most maddening players that we've had in this town in a while. Yeah. I I, I mean, you he has a physical advantage on pretty much anybody and can do like if he goes down low, he's either going to score or get fouled. And he just doesn't seem to want to do the work all the time. Yeah, it definitely seems that. like there are some days that he just doesn't feel like getting bashed around. But what I don't understand is why in a game against the Raptors, who are you know ahead of you in the standings, an elite team in the East, a team you're going to have to battle for home field against or home court against, uh, why don't you want to do the work in that game? Do you think that there's something about um... – that's Gasol, right? That 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 they yeah. uh, that they send out. Do you think that something in particular about the way that he plays that frustrates Joel, or that he doesn't want to deal with? It just the the guys that Joel struggles with are the ones who are just willing to say, "I'm just going to get in this dude's way." Like he, the, like Gasol's was... not like doing anything spectacular to d him up. He's just sort of in the way. It was the same and thing it... with Horford when Horford used to be a, a Celtic. He he just kind of would put him. And and Horford's one of his strengths is that he is, he knows where to be. He has got, and you see it because you get to watch him every day now, uh, or you know every night now. He he just is very smart on defenses to his positioning and. I guess that you're right. I guess that's what is frustrating for Joel. Joel is like a lot of players that we play against, and he doesn't like to be uncomfortable. And if you're willing to just suck it up and do the work and make him uncomfortable down there, and if you're like a, you know, a thicker dude, you know, who has some mass to him, you can and are willing to do that, you're going to give him fits. And I think, I think teams in the East probably if they're smart will look for a guy that is willing to do that to be on their team right right even if it's a second uh, like a second unit guy that you can just throw out there in in spurts to kind yeah. of uh, rally kill uh, the even other th- if it's a white guy with a ponytail or a man bun yeah or get in there heavily tattooed dude. whatever you need to do the the um the other thing I I believe that usually was working against Joel, particularly in this game, is usually when he runs into that, he's still able to like hit those fadeaways and stuff that he he likes. That still kind of gives him uh, makes him feel like he's still being effective, even if he can't drive or, or or hit the hoop the way that he wants to. You know, he'll take those three point shots and he'll he'll take those fadeaways or those those long jumpers. And usually, the but he just seemed to be short arming everything against. Um, against the Raptors and he wasn't hitting anything from the line. It was, I've never seen him be that ineffective. And it's one of the few times where I've seen him completely mentally check out of a game. Well, and what I don't need is some sort of mental block from him saying, uh, he's got bad voodoo in Toronto. Um, because 
I feel like once the crowd really caught on that, you know, he, he, he had zero points, they really got, they really got into him and I, you know, I, I'm sure he would deny it. Um, but it really sounded like with every missed shot of his, the, the, the roar of the crowd just got louder and louder. And then we got to, we got to look at Drake. Yeah. You know his dumbass clapping on the uh, on the sideline. That is probably my least favorite fan base to watch right now because they feel the most uh, entitled and disingenuous. It's like suddenly we've shown up as a fan base, and now everyone needs to respect us as if we have been this long-standing NBA fan base. You know, it's one thing to get annoyed at Celtics fans, but you know, like Celtics fans have been here forever. Same thing with Laker fans. Yes, they're annoying, but you also know that they exist. Um, suddenly, I have to be concerned with the idea of a Raptors fan. Thankfully, we live in an area where you don't see these monsters in the wild, but um, it, they're just they're 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 icky. It, it's like it's an entire it's like suddenly an entire country discovered basketball and decided, oh, well, you know. What is even more frustrating, probably for me, is that I was convinced that once Kawhi left, they would go back to the to the basement, uh, you know, that they they came from. But no, no, they have to still be competitive and be like, oh, we don't need Kawhi anyway. We're still great. Well, we get them we get them back here on Sunday, so that'll be a fun. But no, no Eagles on Sunday because we play Monday night. Oh, so that's, that's true. Your, that should be your headlining game of the day. There, six six o'clock game. Sixers Raptors. That'll and be fun. uh interesting. Uh well that, that second game of back to back though, so watch out. I think it's interesting that we still could have won that Raptors game even with Joel Embiid putting up a goose egg. Like we were still yeah. in well, position to win that game. Be, it gets to be turnover city. But the thing that pisses me off about that game is so fine. Like Embiid all right, so I have my Embiid anger, but then I also have my Brett Brown anger, who is sitting there trying to get Embiid started still with two minutes left in the game. Uh, you know, you have a, a away from the ball foul, which anybody could take that foul shot. Embiid hasn't made one all day. Why is Embiid taking that, yeah. that free throw? There should have come a point in the fourth quarter where Horford just was the center. You know what I mean? Just sit Joe, you know, Joe down and, and, and try to win the game with the guys that are, that I mean, are I was screaming for O'Quinn somebody just do something you know if you well, want I didn't to put, think out the game at all and I don't know if he was injured in that game or not but I know I knew he was hurt later in the week yeah but. put 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 in an you have depth now you don't have as many guys that are just warm bodies on the bench now you have Kyle Quinn is has has assets there are things that he does well put him in the game but I think you're allowed to say to Embiid you know dude it's not your night take a seat yeah yeah, I, I, in fact, that's your literally your job. It is literally your job, and especially with you know this other Raptors game coming up. That's going to be you know what within two weeks mm -hmm. of one. Like, hey, not your night. You'll get them next time. We need to win the game. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, well, interestingly you know. enough, though, Dave, what do you think about how they responded after this game? I mean, three wins. What 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 can you not like about it? Well, I, I also think it's Joel has come out, and I think he's, he's played well. Yeah, he's, he's had played, a, played really well, and he, especially twenty eight um, thirty. Was it last night? Um, I guess that he had it. It was over thirty, and was like fourteen for fourteen from the line. I think in the in the. Yeah, the, but the I really game. don't think the demon will be exercised until Sunday night. Yeah, no, you're probably right. And he has to play well that night. Um, but moving on to the Kings game on Wednesday. 
on Thanksgiving Eve. Boy, that was the breakout thigh bowl game. Yeah, what do you have, 15 and 10 or 15 and 8 or something? Thigh bowl. And he had uh, like 25 steals and 16 blocks. Not that many. It felt like it, though. There was stretches of that game where he felt like he he was playing like in the Matrix. Like he was seeing things and being in places uh, that no person had any business being. He just I think he's more like um, like Reed Richards sometimes. Yeah, he does. He, like, his arm will just stretch and reach around and boop, po- poke the ball out. And the amazing thing is, to some degree, like this guy is here to play defense. Like that is his primary function. But the guy can play a little offense. He he's not a completely uh, useless uh, offensive. Can we, can we cast the Fantastic Four with the Sixers? Uh, yeah, we probably can. So he, clearly, Thibault is Reed Richards. So is JoJo the thing? Yes. Okay, but he does have a bit of that Human Torch personality. Um, yeah, because Ben is not the Human Torch. <laughs> no, and you do have Ben. No, I think know, Mike Scott's Simmons the Human Torch. Ben Mike so. Scott's the the Human Torch, probably. Right? I like it. Yeah. All right. I like he Mike had kind of because Johnny Johnny Storm's got kind of that flashy personality that uh... would Ben be Sue Storm? Well, she she is the Invisible Woman. So I was trying to think of somebody on on the team whose name like who who you never see get into a. Well, you game. don't think Ben goes invisible some games? He does go invisible some games. That's true. You're you're right. You know. There are certainly there are the the invisible Ben games that that is a thing that happens. That must be the ultimate shit talk for a woman's professional league. It's like, <laughs> oh look, it's the invisible woman over there, <laughs> like Sue Storm. Glad you joined us. Yeah, <laughs> that, like that's that that is. Yeah, nobody wants to be the invisible woman. Like maybe that's the fan base. Like yeah, and we can't see them, but it's like. But if we have to spin it in a positive way, you know, Ben is the invisible, sometimes not noticed, sometimes not appreciated. But she also is a uh, like a force field generator, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And the way he was playing defense uh, the last couple nights, you certainly felt like he was able to put a force field around things. Ooh, Ben at the end of that Pacers game. Sick oh man. man, the guy was, that was a one delicious. He was a he was a one man wrecking crew right there. I think my two favorite my two favorite moments of the week were Ben like the end of that Pacers game where Ben basically stole and tipped in the inbounds pass from the Pacers to sort of get it to Tobias who dunked it. Um, I might have been combining plays there, but no, you're, you're, that was that was like that, the second that steal was up that. there, and then the Provorov goal. Uh, in overtime, were like my two favorite plays of the week. Oh, that stick lift and that Provorov goal is sick. Only because we didn't talk about it. Yeah, I'm so happy we came back to it because once we moved on, I'm like, I can't believe I didn't talk about that Provorov <laughs> goal. Oh, uh, that, and I am, I am the biggest Provorov fan. Like it's you really I'm obnoxious about it. But oh god, end to end, the stick lift and then like the drag to kick it in the net. You know, I, <laughs> we're going to go back to the Flyers real quick, though. I think it's one of the problems that Ghost has had, you know, of being a more one-dimensional offensive defenseman. That worked fine until you got a Proveroff or a Sanheim who can do both. 
you know, right. That Proveroff move, that that was a thing of beauty. That that I don't know. There's not a forward on the team that could have done that one move better. And he's out there to be a shutdown defenseman playing 25 minutes a night. And the fact that he can give you that as well, that was gorgeous. And it was nice that it happened so early in the overtime, too. Well, yes. it, it was also not lost on me that it was on Ty Domi's kid. Oh, oh, really? I didn't know that there was that, that connection. Yeah, it's on Ty Domi's kid. And the way Provorov talks about it is like, I saw that it was a forward back there playing defense, so I was like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Domi's kid. And the thing that's great is it's 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 kind of reinvigorated. It's gone around. Uh, I don't know, if Chuck, if you saw this a little bit on Flyers Twitter. Um, but th- it's kind of reinvigorated. Do you remember that game? I think it was in like 99, somewhere in that range, where there was a fight between uh, two – it was two Toronto players ganging up on a Flyers player. And I, I think it was Richardson that comes in – and Ty Domi literally hides behind the other Toronto player um, when <laughs> Richardson's out there trying to fight him. It's so great. I, I did not see that on. on I had Far totally East forgotten Street. that that happened. I remember when I was in uh, when I was a kid. I remember that being like like the thing for like a week and a half. Um, but yeah, no. And I've hated. I've Ty Domi was like right on my list of things that I hated for a long time. So the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> So what no, do we I have? Mean, what do we have I, coming look, up this week? What, we we have the we have the Raptors on Sunday. What what do we have we, in the between? We got the Jazz tonight, being Monday night, uh, and then three three games in four days. We're at Wizards on Thursday. We got the Cavs at home Saturday, and then the Raptors at home on Sunday. So do you think uh, we get some load management in that? Yeah, I probably would imagine that some some guys will sit during the Cavs game. At least I would hope that's where they sit. If you're going to sit in bead, sit them sit them against the Cavs. Well, it's one of those things where you might see like Horford take a light load on against the Wizards, and then you see, you know, Joe sit completely against the Cavs or something. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, they're they're in fine shape. We're, we're right where we want to be at this point in the season. They're only going to get better, at least. According to Brett Brown, <laughs> they'll only get better. Uh, would like to see, you know, some more consistency, especially like even within within the same game. Uh, that Knicks game, when we play the Knicks, I get a lot of anxiety because we yeah. tend to go down by double digits pretty late in the game. <laughs> yeah, to to be working our our way out of those those jams is uh, it's not always going to work out, especially against better teams. So. I don't know. Sixers. What else we got? Anything? That's it on my end. All right. Gene, you ready? I'm ready. All right. It's time for Chuck's penalty box. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we cleared that with Gene. We'd hate to catch him (laughs) unawares. Uh, Yeah. So let's start with Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box today? So there was a, there was a, just a, a ample amount of candidates for the um, for this penalty box this week, but I'm going to go with um, and I don't have names unfortunately, but uh, the Mountain West Conference in college football, and I'm trying to see what uh, uh, Mountain West suspended a, an officiating crew for skipping it down in the Air Force Wyoming game yesterday. Oh I don't know if you guys Lord. heard this. Um, 
The Mountain West Conference has suspended the officiating crew as well as replay officials for an error made during the Air Force's 20 to 6 win over the Wyoming win over Wyoming on Saturday. Um, and the real reason why this is going in the penalty box is it's one thing if the guys on the field screw it up, but come on. There is enough TV coverage of an Air Force Wyoming game that somebody in that replay booth had to be like, "Wait, no, it's it's third down." Somebody tell the guy down there it's third down, not fourth down. Um, that it's just, it's just what is this amateur hour? Like I know that these these guys in the the NCAA are not, are not paid that they're, they're part time. They all just keep on playing, Gene. They well, I think they just moved to fourth down and like had to punt. Like I think that basically the coaches the, the coach protested and uh, honestly, when I'm coaching little league, if I get the outs wrong every kid on the bench is screaming at me and i'm and for you know the i didn't see any video coverage of this i just read the story uh yeah it just that's wild yeah on the on a first and 10 play late in the fourth quarter here's the here's the the wrap up on the first and 10 play late in the fourth quarter wyoming quarterback tyler vanderwall was tackled for a loss of 11 yards the next play was marked as third down skipping second down giving wyoming one less opportunity to trim air force's lead wyoming failed to gain yards on both third and fourth downs and air force took over possession with little more than a minute remaining in the game so uh i mean to a certain degree probably didn't affect that drive. didn't affect that it didn't affect the outcome of that game per se but it's a bad look mountain west conference that your officiating crew on the field as well as in the replay booth can't get the downs right. So in that case, Mountain West officiating crew, you've been suspended, and now you're in the penalty box. All right, Mountain West officiating crew, you have to count to four, and there's not even large gaps of time in between. It's not like baseball where you can have big gaps between outs. So Mountain West, you are getting a three-minute penalty, it's rare to see, but you've earned it a three-minute penalty for not being able to count to four. All right, Dave, who is in your penalty box today? I'm keeping it with college football because uh, we had rivalry week this week. Okay. Um, so you get all these cool games. You had the Iron Bowl. You get the the Brown Jug Bowl. You get the, the gold-plated cheese grater game. Uh, and we get the Egg Bowl. So the Egg Bowl is uh, Ole Miss uh, versus Mississippi State. And uh, I'm putting uh, Elijah Moore of Ole Miss in the penalty box because he scored a touchdown um, to basically tie the game at 21 uh, very late in the fourth quarter and decided to celebrate by getting down on all fours and uh, pantomime a dog taking a piss lifted up his leg make acted like a dog taking a piss so i'm sure his mom is super <laughs> proud that he's in college and on national television uh acting like that anyway gets flagged uh for unsportsmanlike conduct 15 yard penalty uh pushes the point after back 15 yards they miss the kick uh and Ole Miss goes on to lose the game 21 to 20. So for that, Elijah Moore, you're going in the penalty box. All right. Elijah Moore and Old Miss for pissing away an opportunity to win the game. You're getting a one minute penalty. Chuck, who's in your penalty box? 
All right. So uh, the person um, who inspired this um, is someone by the name of CJ Combs. And for the love of God, please don't retweet his tweet. He was burning his Carson Wentz jersey today. And Uh. it's gotten like, oh, 867 retweets as of this recording. And this is just the cheapest, most exploitive ploy to pay have someone pay attention to you don't burn your jerseys people just don't unless uh, unless your former favorite player is can you know convicted of a hideous crime uh unless they leave your city to join the rival by saying i've always if wentz left this offseason to go play for dallas and said Finally, I'm happy to leave that shithole city of Philadelphia and go to a real city like Dallas. Burn away. You mean like a Scott Rowland jersey? Yeah, like a Scott Rowland jersey. Perfect. (laughs) J.D. Drew. You know, burn that one with some D-cell batteries. Actually, don't do that. That's a really poor idea. Um, He never played for us. (laughs) But if you, you know, when he got drafted, if you got a customized J.D. Drew jersey, you know, um, (laughs) <laughs> with whatever number you like on it, you could burn that jersey. But when you're like mildly pissy at the way someone's been playing for you know half a season, don't burn their jersey. And even more so, don't give them the stupid attention they're looking for. So for jersey burners and jersey burner apologists and advocates and enablers is the word i was looking for you're getting a five minute major it's a waste of money it's a waste of air quality don't burn your jerseys all right well that is all the time we have for today so uh we'll be back with you next sunday or no we'll be back with you next monday and we'll be back with you next tuesday for a raw nerve episode after the uh, the Eagles Monday night game. Um, if you haven't done so already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you have some more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around new format, but just as funny, maybe even funnier than it has been in the past. Um, so, until next week. Have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.